three higher ed authors, 100 plus college and university presidents, dozens of actionable insights for academic leaders. Commencement, the beginning of a new era in higher education is now available on Amazon. Welcome back, everybody. It's your time to ed up on the Ed Up Experience podcast, where we make education your business. Dr. Joe Salustio, back with you again in another episode. Uh, this is really a, a, a this is a, a really important episode number for us. I'm going to tell you more about that in a minute. Um, but you know, I have to this this is my podcast and Elvin co-founders, so we have to plug our own work. Of course, you guys know if you listen uh, or follow me on social media, we put out a book called Commencement. The beginning of a new era in higher education that came out like I don't know seven or eight weeks ago, and uh, uh, it's been going very well so far in the hands of a lot of higher ed professionals. And it's based on the first 125 or so presidents that we interviewed on this podcast from all across higher education, uh, for profit, nonprofit, public, community college, funded, not funded, uh, from everywhere to give you the the most collated look of insights into the future of higher education that one could put together. If there's somebody else out there that can do uh, something like that, I want to know who they are so I can beat them with the total number of episodes that we'll do here because uh, that's how competitive I am. I'm also on the phone, uh, on the phone, on this podcast with two great individuals who I think are also competitive. Um, but let me tell you bar more about the number in a second. I do want to bring in my guest co-host. It's been a while since you heard him. He disappeared. We say, we, Elvin and I talk, he disappeared. Uh, but he's back. Here he is, ladies and gentlemen. He's John Farrar. He's director of education at this very small organization called Google. John, how are you? Doing good, sir. And I will just say, I, I'm always here when invited. So uh, infer how you will. Like <laughs> it's good to talk style, to you. Dude. Well, it's good to talk to you. You, you know, really, you can come back anytime. And I'm really excited to talk to our guest today. So yes, me too. And, um, you know, he's doing uh, quite uh, incredible work. And the reason why um, that number is important, uh, besides the numbers he's going to tell you, is because he is officially our 200th president that we have interviewed on the Oedip Experience podcast. Uh, there couldn't be a more deserving uh, and uh, honorable guest here. Here he is, ladies and gentlemen. He's Paul Pastorek, and he's CEO and president at the University of Arizona Global Campus. Paul, what's going on? We are having a great day, and uh, I am honored to be your uh, guest today. I'm very honored to be your 200th guest today, and um, I'm looking forward to the conversation with you and John. Well, we, we are looking forward to this conversation too, Paul, and um, for any... <laughs> I don't think I'm going to say, so tell us about the University of Arizona. I think we can get by that one. Uh, but tell us about the evolution of the University of Arizona global campus. How did it come to be? What is the trajectory looked like? And kind of level set the audience for the journey that you've been on. Yeah, it's uh, it's been an incredibly good journey uh, for me. And I think it's been a, a very good journey for the University of Arizona. Um, Arizona made a decision uh, a few years ago that it wanted to significantly uh, expand its mission, uh, its land-grant mission. Um, it's one of those institutions that uh, is recognized as having that mission. And what that really means is uh, you want, as a university, to have a greater impact on the workforce. Uh, on um, and and the University of Arizona is a research one institution. 
It's a selected mission university. Um, and in that regard, it could do much better uh, around the land-grant mission if it were to pursue an online education institution that predominantly serves working adults. Um, it uh, was looking at in uh, growing within its own institution, uh, an online operation, and they have one, it's called Arizona Online. Um, it, the, the challenge, I think, though, for the university was it wasn't having a quick enough impact. Uh, and the president there, President uh, uh, Robert Robbins, uh, is deeply committed to this land-grant mission and wanted to have a bigger and faster impact. So the opportunity arose for uh, the university to uh, uh, acquire uh, the Ashford University uh, with, uh, that was owned by Zovio, formerly Bridgepoint. And, um, but the University of Arizona decided to structure the deal uh, where uh, it would create a separate not-for-profit uh, organization uh, give it, uh, give that new nonprofit its name, uh, and at some point bring that not-for-profit organization into the University of Arizona. Um, so in December of 20, uh, uh, I was able to help the University of Arizona bring Ashford University uh, into the University of Arizona Global Campus, all things became operated then by the new not-for-profit with a new independent board. Uh, and a few months later, the board asked me to lead the university. Um, we have uh, a population of about 25,000 students, a little more. Amazing. And uh, yeah, it is amazing uh, because all of these students are looking to make an impact in their own lives, and they're looking to make an impact in the workforce. Um, and it advances significantly the size of the operation at the University of Arizona had built inside the university. Uh, so it was a, it, it's a, a, a real strategic mission for the University of Arizona, and we're glad to be a part of it. The University of Arizona announced early last year, about a year ago, almost a year ago today, actually, that we were officially going to be brought into the University of Arizona. And that will occur on July 1st of this year. So wow. the full vision has now uh, on the verge of being realized. You know, Paul, thank you for that. And uh, uh, you said some really uh, particular words that stick out when you're in higher education and you were use a word like acquisition, somebody will, will come and they say something like this. Take her easy, dude. Because we just don't understand it, right? We, yeah. we Mergers and acquisitions are not common throughout higher education. They're becoming more common. And everything that you said, although you said it so simply, is super complicated. Um, <laughs> going and acquiring an institution um, that comes along with an OPM it creates a number of complications and you have to yep. make really key decisions as a university in terms of what direction you want to go and e even getting an online division from the beginning do you build it internally do you go with a bolt-on acquisition that's a huge decision up front 
And if you do a bolt on, how do you integrate that culture within your own? And if you have an OPM tied to it, how do you clean exit? Because you may not want that OPM tied to the work that you do for years because of the conflict of interest that can arise. And then integrating that into the greater organization or the greater institution. That's a ton of change management. This has not been, I don't think this has been a, uh, um, easy, uh, it's been no, noble and amazing work for you, but there are definite um, challenges to do all of that work. How have you handled it all? Well, first of all, uh, I have a great board. Uh, I have a great partner in President Robbins, um, and I have a great team of people uh, who are very adaptive, uh, very creative. And, you know, they say sometimes people criticize higher education uh, that it's, you know, slow process and so forth. But we have an organization and the University of Arizona has an organization that's very adaptive and moves quickly. Nailed you know, it. Say it again. I said you nailed it. Nailed it. <laughs> well, uh, we, we did our best to, to deal with a, a lot of difficult challenges. We had regulatory challenges. Uh, you know, and you you mentioned a, a subtlety uh, that I did not uh, accentuate. Uh, when the University of Arizona engineered this uh, movement of Ashford University into the University of Arizona Global Campus, uh, we did so only with the university part of that enterprise called Ashford University. And the uh, back office, or like you referred to the acronym uh, OPM, uh, the back office operations were set outside of the university and handled by Zovio, and uh, they would do the marketing enrollment and uh, student advising and technological platform work uh, while we did the university work. And uh, I think one of the really uh, special things uh, that happened over this two plus year journey that we've been on since University of Arizona Global Campus was created was uh, we were able to negotiate uh, a contract uh, with Zovio where we terminated our relationship with them. Uh, and we were able to take those components and the work that Zovio did and brought it into the University of Arizona Global Campus. Now we were unifying a whole university uh, back together again. And, uh, you know, I was, uh, I also have to thank uh, Zovio and the leader uh, there, Randy Hendricks, who, uh, was brought in at the end of 2021 uh, uh, to turn Zovio around. It was having financial difficulty. And I think he he pretty well saw that um, we would not be benefited by the existing relationship, neither financially, nor would his company be. And therefore we undertook to negotiate a transaction where uh, we terminated that agreement. And so on top of the regulatory challenges we had because of the hangover uh, of uh, some negative publicity that Zovio has received over the years, uh, and because of the financial difficulties that Zovio uh, had, we were finally able to bring the whole enterprise into one. And, uh, and I tell you that um, 
a lot of people had to come together to make that happen. And, and it's going to create a tremendous opportunity for the University of Arizona Global Campus to operate as one enterprise. It's going to create a tremendous opportunity for our students to be able to receive the benefit of one nurturing environment uh, where they will be degreed. Uh, and then we'll be able to, we're, that's, this has enabled us to be able to brought it, be brought into the University of Arizona more quickly. You know what I, um, and John, I'll hand it to you in a second, but I, um, Paul, you'll appreciate this. So um, in my role at Linwood University, uh, I, I, I'm over online uh, enrollment and such, and we had a relationship with an OPM and we did the almost the exact same thing, negotiated ourselves out of it for very specific reasons, um, student experience, uh, nurturing, um, you know, brand recognition, all those things matter. Um, yep. And I'm not here to say anything bad about OPMs, but but doing it institutionally does have its huge benefits. Uh, but it does take a lot of work. There's a lot of setup to take everything over from an OPM. You've got to hire the people in advance and get the systems and the technology. And it's not an easy lift. So kudos um, to your team for, for pulling that off. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, we, we concluded the transaction on August 1st. Um, we had 400 full-time employees. We acquired 800 full-time employees. Wow. Um, you know, we had to do a lot of, um, a lot of evaluation of their existing operations to bring them to our standards and to bring them in concert with our culture. Um, so it was, it was a very big, uh, deal and, uh, uh, and, and I'm pretty proud of our team for pulling it off. All right, John. Now it's your turn. <laughs> Paul, you've made all that sound um, very easy in your summation here, I think. Um, I know that it wasn't. I've got to spend time with you and President Robbins. Um, so I know this hasn't been an easy road, but congrats to getting to the end of it. July, I'm sure, will be a, another significant milestone. I guess with all of the um, infrastructure or what I will call foundational work behind you, what is the new, what does the vision look like uh, as you come into to Arizona? Um, how do you and, and President Robbins and others, the team, the board, um, kind of see this platform growing over time? No, it's a, it's a great question, John, because we've, we've now really transitioned from being just the teaching side of the university to being the full enterprise. Um, and, and that does call for uh, visioning yourself uh, differently. You know, we serve 25,000 students today. Uh, we believe that uh, more uh, adult, uh, adults are out there in the workforce that are looking to improve themselves. And we want to provide top quality educational degree programs so that we can uh, have these individuals served. The, the market is very large. And I think uh, we're gonna be positioned now because we've streamlined our costs by terminating our relationship with Zovio. We have alignment between the marketing and enrollment people and the culture of the university. Um, and uh, we're bringing in some uh, top talent uh, to lead the former Zovio segments, business units. We did not bring over any of the senior leadership of Zovio. We wanted to refresh that leadership. Um, and 
to be perfectly frank with you, we want to continue to expand the um, enrollment of workforce uh, individuals so that we can serve that market well. We believe we have a first-rate academic program, uh, uh, actually several programs. Uh, we have a first-rate academic institution with many quality programs. We believe that we're, the, the combination of the University of Arizona and UAGC will provide even more options for the students out there. Um, there are some amazing programs at the University of Arizona in aerospace, engineering. Um, it's, just, it's just remarkable. And we can be either an end stop for the workforce who need a degree uh, in a very cost-effective, very fast way, or we can be a transition point for students who come in and want to take advantage of the degree at the University of Arizona and uh, the incredible programs uh, that they have. So our vision is to bring more students what they want to get them the opportunity to improve their lives, their families' lives, and, and the economic fabric of the United States. Um, we're very excited and bullish on it. You just, uh, yeah, you alluded to it, right? The, the Arizona um, brand is, is powerful and is, is more national, I think, in scale or certainly has the ability to be. Is that, is that part of the, the go forward vision? I know you're adding a lot of new talent that's probably signed up for this, but how do we, uh, how do we take that brand? How do we take that platform, to use your words, um, in this high-powered institution uh, to, to, I guess, liberate instruction and that learning to more people domestically and even around the globe? Yes, I, I, that is very definitely a part of the plan here. And, um, you know, I've been able to meet with uh, many of our con uh, counterparts at the University of Arizona. We have an amazing provost there who's, a, I think, a visionary. She worked in Silicon Valley for a while and, and now is the provost of the university. And I think that the partnerships that we'll create uh, on a programmatic level are going to be uh, really state of the art. And um, I think it's gonna put us in league with uh, a, a number of the premium online universities out there. Um, I also think that um, we're gonna be able to uh, bring costs down uh, and make the cost uh, and return on investment of students a better return on investment. And uh, we're gonna be very focused on uh, putting programs out there that really matter in people's lives. Um, we've, uh, since we took over two years ago, we've eliminated programs, which I think just uh, give, you know, a false sense of security to people sometimes about whether they really uh, will be advanced in their life uh, or not. And we're trying to stay focused on high value, programs. And um, we think the partnership with the University of Arizona is going to do that. And I think the one other thing that we can do for the University of Arizona, now that we have um, the marketing enrollment um, uh, horsepower, we can actually project uh, their uh, programs out there if they're of a mind to do that. And I've talked to a number of deans there 
who are of a mind to do that. So we will be working hand in glove to push that University of Arizona brand. Got it. Uh, last question for me, Joe, and I'll, I'll kick it back to you. But um, you mentioned uh, at the top, Paul, um, Arizona Online, UAGC. Um, Arizona is not the only school that's got this dynamic, but how do you envision, and maybe you just touched on it a little bit, but the, the coexistence of those two platforms, how does one help the other? Um, do those two coexist forever? Like, how do you, how, how are you all thinking about that? And where do you think the industry goes from that standpoint? Well, it's a, it's a terrific question, John. And um, uh, I, in the near term, we'll operate as two um, and we'll support each other. Um, but I do think that um, the longer term is to find what the right uh, the right balance is to uh, operating as one. And um, to be perfectly honest, I think uh, it's probably too early to say just what that would look like. Um, I think we need, as a University of Arizona Global Campus, need to uh, work more closely with the university. They need to learn more about us. We need to learn more about them. And then we'll figure out what the right answer is. But I, I will tell you, I've had the privilege of going to visit other universities who have been wrestling with this very uh, issue. And I've gotten lots of very interesting observations. Everyone out there is looking for the right way to do this both from the culture of the university and their online programs and for the students. And I'm, I'm convinced with those that I've talked to that ultimately it's how do you best serve the students? I do think it's a bit of a, an unknown right now, but we're gonna be exploring that in full tilt. You know that the world of higher education is experiencing evolutions and revolutions. You want to be part of the progress. Commencement, the beginning of a new era in higher education with insights from more than 100 college and university presidents will show you how. Get your copy of Commencement, the beginning of a new era in higher education now on Amazon right away. We think you're going to love it. It's amazing. You know, uh, Paul, wow. Um, you said so much there so nicely and eloquently and uh and i'm gonna i'm gonna ask you a question about it yeah um to, to go a little deeper let, let me just prepare you listen to my important question um <laughs> what everything you said there so good because the rougher way to say it i guess is to John's question about coexistence or separateness or some level of what's what's the balance and and, and you know uh, you know inclusion immersion or operating independently and with the adult student market and what we believe or we see as a traditional um, institution when, and you can define traditional institution to be anything you want it could be age it could be systems or whatever um, sometimes the square peg doesn't go into the round hole yep. and and the adult student who demands this for literally i was writing an article today and i was writing about the formula of convenience and relevance and that that formula of convenience and re uh, relevance and technology to a, a, a 
adult student who has different demands and a different schedule and can't necessarily be hindered by time and space and, and all these things has a different demands. And if you take those demands from that student, which are more demands, by the way, um, or expectations at this point, and you try to put them into a traditional system of policies or a traditional system that moves slower than the student, well, frankly, it won't work. Um, yeah. Isn't that fair to say to some level and in the balance is is finding how to make it work when sometimes it just doesn't work the way well, I have to say that like a online startup doesn't necessarily fit in a true a traditional machine so easily. Well, you're 100 percent right. I agree with I think it's actually very prescient of your you to say some of the things you've said. Um, you know, I think um, the. Uh, when I went to college 40 years ago, uh, I think it was basically a one size fits all. And this, this market of working adults, you know, in, in my day, you went to night school and uh, you worked during the day and you squeezed in two hours at night, you, um, you know, uh, but you had to go to the campus, you had to do it in their way. And I think what for-profit institutions did uh, 20 years ago was develop a whole new way of delivering it so it could be more efficient and uh, in many cases more cost effective for people to get degrees. Now that uh, shine has dulled uh, as uh, people uh, took advantage and uh, I think what you now see is the big universities like University of Arizona, Purdue, Colorado, others uh, are realizing that they have to be more than just one thing to people. Um, I think this idea of land grant is incredibly important. And if you focus on that, then you say there is, there's likely needs to be two different ways of delivering educational degrees, perhaps even more, perhaps it gets even more flexible. And one is, in my judgment, one is neither better than the other. Uh, they're both equally valuable, so long as you maintain your standards. But at the end of the day, students, more students will be served if you recognize that there are different ways to deliver the same product. And, you know, and so, you know, back to John's question, and I think inherent in your question here is, you know, is it really important to bring them together and make it all one? and then you operate under the same rules and regulations and you end up frustrating the fact that you're serving uh, different kinds of students, I don't know that that's the right answer. Uh, but you do want to make sure that the quality of both um, enterprises is high quality because you, you are using that name, you're using that brand and you wanna be able to deliver on it. Mm. Here's what I have to say about you, Paul. Dude, you're the man. I, I love, I love it because this is such an argument, um, not an argument, but it's such a, 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 it's a critical piece of what higher ed is dealing with these days. And you know the number of institutions that are trying to go online in a more significant way or more focused way, a more intentional way. And uh, if you um, don't think, you know, we, there's that saying that you can't be all things to all people. Yep. But you can't serve the same product to the same people either yep. uh, in the same way. Now, you can serve slightly different products in different ways to do for 
to different types of consumers. And that's, it, you brought up an important point because I worked in for-profits uh, 20 years ago. I worked in for-profit institutions, one of the ones that did things right uh, until they ended up closing because of all the reg regs. But we were working six week uh, terms in 2003. Yep. Uh, we were working uh, with no breaks. We were doing, you know, distance learning with a uh, hybrid Saturdays and all these different models, the wheel model where there are no prerequisites. And uh, th the reason I bring this up, and I think it's not more of a question than it is a statement about the, the um, real intentional work that you have to do as a leader of uh, University of Arizona Global Campus is to think for the adult and the adult student who if you require the same admissions requirements, even as a traditional student with S, you know, multiple essays and recommendations, that student's just going to one click themselves to another university that does something similar. Yep. And then how do you, how do you transform those operations to meet a student who's, um, who's a very savvy consumer? And that's one of the things that I think leaves us sometimes is the student, uh, the adult student who has financial responsibilities is smarter about their buying decisions. Well, you know, um, and and I, I really think that universities have to catch up with uh, John. Uh, you know, the Googles of the world and the the experience that customers have with a technol technologically savvy company. Yes, and you know, it's what what we're trying to deliver is a better experience for people and in a traditional university uh and i uh, have have had enough exposure both as a student and as an administrator uh in a traditional setting you know the faculty is there to um educate students but it's not about building the kind of experience that we can do in a technological platform uh, where people feel like they're really moving at the speed of daily life. And, um, you know, we actually are building and thinking about building around all of the things we do around the student experience. We have to work to improve that because Look, at the end of the day, it's challenging enough for people to have a job or, frankly, even to be homeless. We have homeless uh, students, too. You know, it's hard for them to, to, to pursue these things. We have to make it as easy on them as possible so that they will continue to pursue. One of our biggest objectives is to improve our retention and completion. And we know that things come up with students who work. But we have to find ways to, to overcome that. It's going to be around the student experience. And we've got to be savvy, tech savvy, like, like the Googles of the world. And we, if we do, we're going to have so many more workforce people educated to the degree that they want to be so they can be successful in life. And if we stay focused on that, we'll do good things. Oh, so, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'm going to take the cue here because <laughs> um, I feel like um, uh, – your Wait, John, before you come in, let me let me properly get get uh, Paul ready for your question. Prepare to be astonished. <laughs> Maybe not astonished, but I, I, I get I um would love to ask you, like maybe not just Google, but the you know, Silicon Valley, the tech community overall. What what can or should we be doing 
to help education innovators like yourself, universities like Arizona that are trying to change this space and again, liberate instruction and the resources that are inherent in so many of our great institutions, like what should tech providers and partners be focused on? What can we be doing to better support all of you? Well, I think, um, I think probably the most direct and important thing that can be done is to educate higher ed about the practices and strategies you use in the in the commercial world. Um, you know, one of the people that we uh, have recently hired has been going through uh, an education program at Google, uh, believe it or not, uh, around the student experience. And I think, you know, <laughs> it's like, where do you go to learn about that? And the place to go to learn about that are the technology, the Silicon Valley companies or types of Silicon Valley companies that are out there. And when higher ed is, gets more exposure in education around that, I think it works better. So there's already things that are being done and I just think it higher ed needs to be more open to thinking about that because to be perfectly frank with you, the, the student body at the University of Arizona is a far different student body, you know, than 20, even 20 years ago. And their tech savviness, their need for uh, speed and efficiency, it's pretty darn great too. And uh and there, there are some things that can be learned even from the big universities or the traditional universities, uh, from online universities about student satisfaction and about student experience. But I do think education is, is a big, big deal. And I think um, we see more of that and we see more takers in the higher ed world. We see higher education advancing in significant ways, not just online, but traditional. Yeah, um, I think it's a, it's a really good point. Um, obviously, the space is more leaned in than ever, which is great, but I think we can build more confidence in leaders like yourself and others that are trying to initiate that by uh, enabling you with the, the tools and, and more of the learning to get the rest of the org on board. Um, yep. I think we can be better with that as a community. That would be great. Uh, I, I look forward to further conversations with you, John, about it. Always, always. You know, the one of the fascinating things, though, and you guys have just seen it happen. Um, we, we uh, here's the truth. You can't handle the truth. The truth <laughs> is that there are still people that don't believe in online education. There are still detractors of online education. There are still people that are not embracing technology. You look at something like ChatGPT, who's come out, and anybody that hasn't tried it at this point is probably uh, is probably a little behind now. And you know, school systems are banning it, which of course makes kids want to use it more. Would make me <laughs> want to use it more. Uh, and and when you look at an adult student and in, in a Gen Zer, right, you hacking the learning, the traditional learning model, and there's hacks, right? You can dual dual credit, you can do prior learning assessment, there's an expectation that you're going to give me some level of credit for my prior experience. That's a hack. You can yep. go get non credit credentials, like a Google certificate, and then an expectation that I'm going to get credit for it, which hacks the traditional learning model. And if you don't get on board 
with the technology and the speed, uh, it's going to be hard, um, first of all, to keep up with the student, but secondarily to that, um, those that are not on board with that speed of online education and the way it can be delivered will get left behind because the student's going to choose speed. We're, we're built to choose speed, right? Technology build, you know, think about a, a Grubhub and, you know, it, everything we do is built for convenience and relevance. And, and Paul, again, I'm, I guess I'm not asking very good questions today as I am making good statements because I, I really admire the work you're doing to serve the audience um, of the adult student. And it's just, you have to embrace online education at this point to serve the workforce. Yeah, you know, uh, I hear you. And, you know, I think there are some challenges to online that have been created by some bad behaviors. Um, but I, sh I, I, I sure hope that people don't let those challenges eclipse the value of what online uh, brings to people. And and I, actually, I think there's so many um, continuous improvement practices that we engage in. There's so many uh, technology solutions that we're looking for to be able to build a better student experience that if people really understood what we do and understood how we do it and how committed culturally we are to the student, I think they would have um, a better view. But it's, um, you know, it's unfortunately there's there's baggage that has that we have to deal with in the past. And uh, and that creates a little bit of a confounder. So I just look at it. I, I tell our people all the time, if we just focus on doing our work well and improving the student experience, then people are going to notice. And when people notice, they change their minds. And so the online community, in my opinion, uh, needs to just do good work, just focus on why they're there and what they're doing with it. I mean, these are the reasons why I've made comments about uh, OPMs and, and um, those are valuable contractors for universities provided they're in alignment with the cultural values of the university and, and the objectives of the university. And, and I have seen strained, uh, I've seen it uh, in my own experience. I, I've had other experiences other than University of Arizona Global Campus. Um, we've got to make sure that all the people who are working in online uh, learning are all moving in the same direction. And again, if we are, and we're delivering on the student experience, then we're going to be noticed well for it. If, if we aren't, then we won't, and we deserve uh, the, the recrimination of people. But to be honest with you, I've dealt with enough people now in the online space, uh, people doing it all over the country, I am convinced that there's tremendously good work going on, but it's sort of hidden under a bushel basket. And uh, I do think we need to uh, we need to promote that a little bit better and but promote it with facts and figures and results and, and objectives. You will learn by the numbers. I will teach you. Love the it. student. Go ahead. 
Yeah, I'll just get a quick anecdote. I mean, the student is telling us where they want to go, as you're articulating, Paul. I've told this quick quip, I think, to Joe before, but another university president that I'm close to in the height of the pandemic did a survey of their students on campus, again, traditional students, and they had had to hack together, um, you know, sort of a virtual experience. And uh, he did a survey of the students, and they said, you know, zero to 10, how good is the you know, the experience that we've had to create for COVID. And I think they gave it like a four, meaning like how they felt about the technology. And then he asked, you know, zero to 10, do you want us to take it away? 10, we'll take it away. Or uh, 10, let's keep it, I guess, was what it is in zero. Let's take it. They got a 10. Right. And I think I, I think what the inference there is, it's like, look, we know this tech isn't perfect, but we do like the convenience and flexibility that affords us, even for on-campus students. And so I think it's on us education leaders like yourself and again the tech community on our side to deliver that experience they're telling us what they want um i don't think we're completely delivering it yet but uh as long as there's a zest for doing it i think we can get there nailed it yeah i i think you nailed it john i, I agree uh paul we like to close out our episodes with the uh, same two questions to every guest number one what did we not say or not ask you about the University of Arizona Global Campus? Anything that you'd like to say about uh, you, anywhere you're speaking, any of the events going on at the university, anything about the university in general? Really take a, a couple of minutes and plug, say whatever you'd like. And then number two, as we close out, what do you see as the future of higher education? Well, the one thing I would like to underscore is the, you know, the partnership that we've had with the University of Arizona. Uh, and President Robbins. Um, he, is, uh, he is a remarkable man. He's a courageous man. And, uh, you know, he's gotten pushback on making this move, uh, but he has been steadfast in wanting to meet the mission on, uh, uh, on uh, workforce development. And uh, uh, I was, uh, you know, I have been doing a lot of K-12 work over many years, and I've started doing higher ed work in the last uh, five, six years. And um, when I met with President Robbins and he told me what he was trying to do, uh, you know, I was really taken by his mission and his vision. And um, I, <laughs> I jumped in with both feet for a for a 90-day stint, and the next thing you know, uh, I'm running the online university. And oh yeah, yeah, it was it, it's pretty amazing, and but it's great when you can do it with partners like that. And uh, and then I think um, you know the future. Um, you know, notwithstanding all of the wailing and gnashing of teeth uh, about Chat GPT and you know, all of this kind of stuff. I actually think that the benefit of these technologies is it's going to leave, it's going to put uh, educators in a position where they're going to have to really focus on what teaching and learning is all about. And, um, you know, I remember this is a bad uh, analogy, but I remember when I was young, you know, we had we were we were offered calculators to use in math. And it was, you know, some people were shocked. Why would you let these students use calculators? 
And ultimately, you still had to demonstrate mastery of the information, but using calculators uh, was adopted as normal. I, I don't know that that equates to chat GPT. I don't know enough about it to be knowledgeable about it, but I do think that these kinds of things force higher ed to respond. And I believe that when, especially America's higher education community has to respond to challenges like this or challenges of serving the workforce or challenges of serving during COVID, I think they will respond because that's how our people are. And uh, I'm bullish on the future of higher education. I think it's going to change. I think there's going to be a shakeout. Uh, I think there has been and will continue to be. And the ones that deliver the best quality student experience are going to be the ones that attract more students. And that's a good thing because that benefits students. And that's what we're here for. 100%. Love it, Paul. Love it. Love it. Uh, what an amazing episode. Uh, I got to say, I loved it. I could stand here and talk to you gents for another hour, but uh, something tells me you both have something to do. Um, and I do too. So let me outro my guest co-host first. You know him, you love him. He's John Ferrar, he's Director of Education at Google. John, welcome back to 2023 Edip Experience co-hosting. Thanks for the invite, Joe. Always good to be here. Paul, loved it. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, John. And of course, my guest, here he is. He's Paul Pastorek. He's CEO and president of the University of Arizona Global Campus. Got to take a breath before I get that all out. Uh, and he is amazing. Paul, we hope you had a good experience on the podcast today. Great time, Joe, and I very much appreciate it. And you can tell I love talking about this. And if I can be of any help to anybody, I'm, I'm happy to do it. Uh, but thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. We love it. Ladies and gentlemen, you've just add up. It's time to level up. The beginning of a new era in higher education begins with you. Order your copy of Commencement. The beginning of a new era in higher education by Kate Colbert, Dr. Joseph Lucio, with contributions by Elvin Freitas. It's higher education's must-read book of 2022. Discover how you can seize the moment to change higher education forever. Commencement, the beginning of a new era in higher education, now available on Amazon. For bulk orders, contact Kate, Joe, or Elvin. 